welcome back to another episode of an extra dose podcast we are alexis and samantha Bellbell of a double dose.com and we are so excited because we have a very special guest on our podcast today her name is leela Orr, and she's the creator and designer and founder of farah and that is her own eco luxury brand it is the pieces are stunning She's out, actually also been a contestant on Project Runway on season 17. So if you guys do watch that show, I'm sure you've heard of her and you know exactly who she is. But she is so sweet. She's so genuine. She has so much creativity and talent. And we can't wait for you guys to meet her. Okay, so we're here with Leela and we're so excited for you guys to get to know her and her whole story. So we'll just jump right in. Um, we'll start with how you got interested in design and you kind of share how you started everything. Yeah, so I got started with design. It started really early for me, actually. It started like, when I was like four or five years old oh, wow. with my grandmother. She's kind of like my first fashion muse before I even knew what that was. She was just always so creative and colorful and inspiring. So I grew up like playing dress up in her closet, which was like, Neiman Marcus meets like <laughs> runway, Dior, couture, the most beautiful things. And she was such this like southern classic lady and embodied elegance and also had so much fun with fashion. So for me, that was like my earliest inspiration. It wasn't just what I saw shopping at the malls for like back to school clothes. <laughs> yeah. It was like actual like wearable art. And she had a collection of Vogues and they were, they were like French Vogues, American Vogues. And I saw that fashion could be so much more than just the clothes we could put on. It's like a form of self-expression. Um, and like therein lies the inspiration and the reason for designing for me is that self-expression, the ability to show who you are through putting things on your body, or also to kind of camouflage if you're not feeling like your best self to throw something on and feel like a totally different person. Mm -hmm. You can embody a character and exude confidence in a new way just by putting something on. So I, that's inspiration for me. That's so cool because yeah, I love that. I feel like, yeah, it is a lot of what people see. I mean, with Instagram, it's a little different, but it's still not like the runway. It's just, I feel like everyone's kind of wearing the same kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. At least in our world, I feel like it is. Yeah. yeah. I think there's more high fashion and they're more wearing that kind of stuff but I think like what we do day to day it's like the same like what you'd see at the mall you know it's, yeah. not, kind of, it's not like the really cool chic stuff I feel like yeah but I, I think that's so cool I admire that like being able to pull that off and to, to know what to pair together Thank that you. kind of stuff so that's really cool so did you know you always growing up with all that did you know you always wanted to be a designer or did you was it something that came later I think it's something that like in the back of your head you know what you love and like what you feel happiest doing but it sounds really scary to go out there and say you want to do something big and grand especially where it like involves a spotlight in any way I mean you guys know how that is like if you say like I want to be out there influencing mm -hmm. I want to build up my social media platform which back in the day that didn't exist <laughs> yeah, but, you know, yeah. and then saying you know like something like I want to be a famous actor so I want to be a designer. It just sounds so unachievable and mm -hmm. so impossible. But it's like someone's got to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you believe in yourself enough, you can you can go out there and you can achieve it. So and in a way, yeah, I think I kind of in the back of my head always knew, but I didn't I didn't know if it was something that I could actually pursue and, and achieve mm -hmm. um so I, I just kind of went the basic route going to school undergrad um with focusing in business yeah, okay. and I felt like that was like the most practical option so I went yeah, to Tulane in New Orleans like fun time um but then I kept going back to creative things like I was like well I'm studying pre-law but 
I am doing internships with artists. I am taking, you know, business law classes, but I'm taking electives in creative art. So for me, it was kind of always like a backup idea in the back of my head. Like I kind of, I am still pursuing this in some way. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I went to New York and went to Parsons for grad school, it was like, okay, this is it. This is what oh, I'm going to wow. be doing. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's very well known. So, but that's <laughs> awesome that you got the business undergrad because I feel like, I mean, obviously you want to take the risk at some point, but it's good to have that background too yeah. especially what you do now I mean and I think education is so important yeah so you know getting like the basics and I didn't even know back then what it was but then I also studied I took an entrepreneurship class in oh, business wow. school for undergrad and I was like this is so inspiring and cool mm -hmm. to see people go out there and achieve their dreams in, in any way like we did a, a business plan about a food truck and it was just even like that was just the coolest yeah thing. going out there on your own and doing something mm -hmm. that like from nothing idea that you had planting a seed and then growing that into an actual tangible thing so did you you know when you're an undergrad that you wanted to go to Parsons or was it just coming that you decided later? No, it was something I decided later. A girlfriend of mine went to Parsons um, out of high school and I remember feeling like so like not jealous. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I wish that was me too. That would be yeah. so cool. I'm so happy for her. But like, ooh, I thought, you know, business, Tulane, it made so much sense. It was such a great school and I sure. went for it in that way. Um, but yeah, I eventually got there. I mean, yeah. it happened. And you got the other background oh. too. So um, I guess I already asked you to study design in college. Is it common for people to do design in college with what so. you're doing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I've, I've met. I have so many talented interns right now, actually, that are doing very different things. So one is actually studying business. Mm -hmm. We met today. Yeah. Um, and I have another one. Actually, two of them um, that graduated from design school or are still in design school, studying fashion and art. So you can do a lot of different routes. Mm -hmm. I think that like getting some kind of foundational education is so important. Um, be it business, be it art, design, whatever. It kind of depends on like where you're at and what you feel like you need. I felt like I, getting that business background was so important for me. And then grad school was great. And I think I got all the fundamentals in grad school mm -hmm. and the practical application in grad school with internships too. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I think you can go any route. But I think for me, getting those principles, yeah. I didn't learn how to sew growing up. I kind of learned how to hand sew. I'd like patch things at home. I have no idea. But so I think I it's so cool. That looks so, it look, I think, I feel like it looks easy when you watch someone else do it. And then it's so well, hard. Well, I'd watch these people oh like straight the fabric. Yeah. It's like, how do they know what to do? Yeah. I'm like, it's so I intimidating. Can't. And everyone's like, oh, you're just probably so talented at that. Like, you've probably <laughs> always done that. And I'm like, no, it's like anything. Like, of course, some people have like that kind of natural knack for it. Like, they just have like, the motor skills where they can pick it up quickly. Yeah. But like, like anything, it takes hours and hours, years yeah. even of practice. Yeah. So yeah. they teach you so when you're in design school, like at Parsons, that's when you learn all that or when you start? Yeah. So the, the one thing is like Tulane was great for um, a very like wide spectrum of things. It was a liberal arts school. But then with Parsons, you get all of that practical application. So like your classes are like sewing 101, draping 101, mm. pattern making, um, in design, Illustrator, Photoshop. Mm -hmm. So you're doing like the tangible things. You're yeah. also doing like that computer work. Yeah. And then they encourage internships and they connect you with alumni for internships. So I was interning at The Row, like Mary Kate Nash. Um, I worked for an emerging designer called Harbison, um, designed some really cool stuff there. And so, yeah, without, I think without that New York experience, that Parsons experience, I don't think I'd be where I'm at for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, I, mean, I really love cool. all that. When we were younger, yeah. not a lot of people know this, but we wanted to be fashion design. I mean, did you really? When we were really young. Yeah. I mean, and I and even it, I remember we would like well, we would like sketch. I mean, it was like you? little, and we would put we were trying to like I remember we were like, well, what could our name be? We'd be like ASB because like our initials, but we're like we never came up with like a really good name. But I remember we when we were younger, that's what we wanted. We loved clothes and putting outfits together. And our grandma was an interior designer. 
interior designer. designer. She was so interior she, designer. Yeah, so she was cool. good with like the, you know, she do all, you know, kind of like the boards you have with like the fabrics. Yeah. I remember seeing when I was younger, yeah. we were so young. The but, mood board. Yeah. So I always, and I still like decorating, but we yeah. never pursued <laughs> it, obviously. <laughs> well, maybe one day. Yeah. I mean, also you could collab with designers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we would love that. Yeah, there's so. an element of designing involved with that and a lot yeah. of designing involved with the collab. I feel like everyone listening, your story is so inspiring. We'll get into it right now. Me too. You guys <laughs> in your field, too. Oh, it's really you. inspiring. Oh, it's like you're building you. something from nothing. Like that following that you've cultivated is all on your own, mm-hmm. you know, and that's super impressive through a variety of channels and so much effort and work. I think in anything like this, like, it looks like, oh, it's so, you just, like, you're cute, clothes on, and you're like, hey, guys, like, help this link. No, yeah. it goes into it. Yeah, it's, it's there's really a lot behind the scenes of anything. Yeah, that's of anything, and that's why, like, you and other entrepreneurs we talk to, it's always, I feel like, to people listening, or even if you're an entrepreneur yourself, it's so inspiring because, for one, you get a, if you're not an entrepreneur, you learn how hard, how how much effort goes into it and if you are then you know how hard it is already so and just hard. to listen to everyone's path I think that's like what I find most fascinating is everyone's different path and like how they came to be you know whether it's like we were talking earlier whether it's like a food product in a store or a clothing line how when you see that in the media when it's actually big how that person came to, you don't know all the background until you all learn the challenges. about it yeah, yeah, yeah like you the just see creator, but you're also like the graphic designer yeah. the Everything. chef yeah the creative strategist yeah. or the PR yeah. and like that's for a long time time yeah there's so much yeah for sure so speaking of that you have your own clothing clothing line Farah. how did that kind of be and what's the meaning behind the name since it's so unique i'm just curious yeah so the name came to be um farah means joy in arabic and so it took me forever to think of a name i had all these other ideas and i didn't know what would be personal to me and i also didn't want it to be my own name i kind of wanted to take on its own identity in its own life Mm -hmm. um that a lot of other women could identify with um and so the name being joy i think goes back to when i was talking about my grandmother as my fashion muse so it's like when you put on a piece of clothing like what's the most like inspirational thing to me is like the joy that you can feel from like putting on your favorite dress Mm -hmm. before you go out like oh i feel so much better this fits me so great it hugs me in all the right places like that sense of ease and joy that you feel getting dressed Mm -hmm. i think is so it's so fundamental it's definitely the reason why i do what i do Mm -hmm. so um, and Farrah came to be out of a graduate collection. It was just one of those things where um, you kind of fake it till you make it almost. You know, like yeah. I created a graduate thesis collection for myself because in my program we didn't have a runway show. It was a graduate program, but only the MFA and the, the BA um, had fashion shows. So with my master's, it was just you graduate, you have a, a body of work and you have your portfolio, but not a thesis collection. So I decided based on my portfolio, I'd make it myself. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find a venue to show it at. And I was like, well, my family lives in Dallas. I'm in New York. New York Fashion Week starts at about 20,000. Don't have that. <laughs> Maybe I can do something in Dallas. So yeah. I found a fashion program called Fashion X. Um, oh, I think have, I've heard yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of different designers showing. So it's like um, a collective fashion week or you know, a series of a couple days. Um, they allowed me to come in based on sketches that I sent them from my portfolio, and then I built a collection, and I actually had sales off of that oh, first wow. fashion show. And I had just graduated, also having clients. So no one that I knew came out of Parsons right away with clients from their own brand. So that was really cool, and it was just something that I did for fun, but then it kind of turned into a brand. So Fair was just my thesis, and then it turned into a brand from there. And then I kind of found that Dallas really embraced this kind of aesthetic and they embrace me without really knowing too much about me 
And that was super cool and inspiring. So I was like, well, I guess Dallas is the place to be. So I was just kind of going like that, like not like, I mean, kind of sort of fly by the yeah. pants. I was in. So um, I grew it from there. It started as just a thesis collection where I was like, how can I make something sustainable that's also really luxury? Because in the space at the time, I think if you said sustainable fashion, people thought of like potato, like burlap yeah. Masks, <laughs> yeah. you know? And yeah. I was like, well, you know, these are high end clothing that I'm working with. I'm also not throwing anything out. I'm repurposing everything into the collection. Um, whatever I have left, I'm just storing it for like future use um, or like small little samples. And then I also had some fabric that was just like like bolts of fabric that I wasn't going to use, and I just donated it. So, mm-hmm. um, and that that's kind of where the zero waste philosophy was born. And now fair has evolved to being cruelty free, meaning that we don't work with any fur or leather. Mm-hmm. Um, we are um, ethical labor, so when we do produce, um, it's paying factories in the United States an ethical wage, um, mm-hmm. with a living wage, to make the garments. Um, and then beyond that, working with only natural textiles, so like cottons, silks, linens, things like that. Um, and then still we donate the fabrics that we don't use. And then we do like creative things like in this collection that we're designing right now. It's kind of horror themed, like kind of spooky. Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, it's going to launch in the spring, but I'm like Halloween girl year. <laughs> no, whatever. Go year round. Um, so we, we have something called the Frankenstein dress. So it's like patchwork pieces of fabric patched together and quilted together cool. to make a dress. And that's all from our scrap fabric. So oh, that's cool. it's love zero it. waste. Yeah. yeah, we love that. That's so cool. Yeah. So you just were talking about zero waste. What is, I know you kind of touched on a little bit, but what does that mean to everybody? So zero, it's so funny because even like a designer on Project Runway, Vishmi was like, girl, what do you mean by zero waste? Like only size zero can wear your clothes. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not a zero waste. It's yeah. like, no, no waste. W-A-S-T-E. Yeah, W-A-S-T-E for those. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even think about that. You said waste. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, not W-A-S-T-E. But I guess yeah, if you're, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're seeing on a show or saying it yeah. verbally. I was like, a, a designer even thought that. So it's just, means like you don't toss anything out you find other outlets to sustain the fabrics lifestyle to either use it back in the collection to donate it to a quilting guild something resourceful where you're not discarding or burning the fabric oh wow yeah i mean it's like things i never think about when you're buying i mean i don't really haven't really purchased anything that's like more runway but i think it's so cool to have a unique piece from a designer that like obviously we've met you but any i'm sure you've met so many designers and it's cool to have that piece and just having like a piece from like you know some random like a store that we shop you know yeah it's just a different yeah i think of like the product life cycle too like that was always my argument growing up with like jeans like fancy jeans i'm like mom like think about like the cost per wear yeah (laughs) jeans last so it's a designer you're gonna wear it time so that that was always my argument that's still my argument today with sustainable fashion like think about cost per wear these things are made really well with like the best finishes so they're gonna last a lot longer Mm. than fast fashion so think about it like um and then yeah you're also you're you're paying some way like it's a sustainable wage mm-hmm. usually it goes involved yeah so anyway, yeah. It's and it's like when you have it like you can like pass it down like I remember our grandma had some you know like designer yeah. things and it's like I think our mom has it now but it's like then it's like vintage stuff I mean it's just like cool yeah that's why I love about have. vintage too we yeah. sell vintage here too oh, in really? the store um but yeah vintage is like it's like you know someone lovingly passed it down and now you're buying it from someone else mm-hmm. and it's usually like a nice designer piece it's like lasted all these do you yeah. want to share a little about your story since we just talked about it yes no I love that's what we're currently recording yeah. So, yeah, and it's so, so if you guys can it's see so it, it's cute. so cute inside. So, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, you can yeah. share a little bit more about it. So yeah, we're sitting in Sept. It's 
SEPT, like September abbreviated, because it's like fashion month, my birthday month. Also means like a guild, like a collective of design. Well, for me, it's a collective of designers. It means like a guild of people together. So I thought it would be really cool to create a sustainable concept store where other designers like my brand, Farah, can hang together. Mm -hmm. um, and we can kind of, you know, educate people about sustainability. And also, you know, like rather than going to like a fancy store and you're like, well, who are the sustainable designers here? It's not really laid out for you. Mm -hmm. Everything here is sustainable in some unique way, which is cool. Um, so yeah, we sell vintage, we sell independent designers from all over the world, spanning from like right here in Dallas, this jewelry designer, Elizabeth Cooper, that we're right next to is here in <laughs> Dallas, yeah. um, all the way to, we have designers from Angola and Africa. Oh, wow. Um, and we have designers like this bamboo silk designer. We have um, it's Kokoro Organics, and she's made in Ireland. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, so it's really from all around the world and sustainability in different ways. So. so how do people like? Do you find them when people come? How do you, how do people get? Honestly, Instagram. Oh, it's been a cool. great tool. Yeah. And um, we were going to open right around the pandemic. Um, it was going to be uh, Earth Day, so August 22nd, something like that. And then we obviously we couldn't do that. We really mindful and weighed yeah. out into a time where like people felt comfortable to go out again, since it actually is mostly just brick and mortar. There's a little bit of online sales that we do too. Um, so we had all this time to find all these. We found a lot of them on Instagram, so and they're cool. super cool. I love I it. It is such a great. I mean, not because we're on Instagram, but <laughs> not because we do that for work. But I think it is such a great tool. We were even talking before we started recording this podcast with you about how our background, and even when we did like personal training, it's like you can. That's how we for some marketing of our clients. Yeah. It's so great for marketing because, like you're saying, you find brands from all over the world that you're not necessarily going to meet next door. So yeah. it's just such a great tool. We live in such an incredible age where you can like talk to someone on that's in Africa and be like I love your designs I checked out your whole body yeah. of work on Instagram like, and you can so see cool. and you can and see it's it all like weird at all yeah so it's like and you can actually weird. see it on like I guess you could see it on a website but this is like it's so easy to just to check everyone's basically their whole line on their yeah. whatever they want to put out totally there stalk people. <laughs> well that's how we found you yeah. so we're really grateful for yeah. that well, I'm really too. glad you guys stalked me I stalked you too <laughs> <laughs> And that you were in Dallas. I feel like there's so many times that people are like, oh, you should, you know, you, we meet somebody on Instagram, but then it's like, it's a virtual thing. You don't get to meet face to face. So I know. There's a lot of really talented people here in Dallas. Yeah. Doing so many cool things. I just had a collab with a musical artist, Hannah. Hannah Hotline is her Instagram. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, and I was like, oh, she's so cool. And her stylist contacted me and he's another designer. And then I was like, oh, and she's here. Like, I love when that happens a lot here in Dallas. So a lot of creatives doing things. Yeah. It's awesome. Do a lot of people that go to the do design, do they usually stay in New York and I would assume they stay or is it? I depend? think there's a pull to New yeah. York and LA. Like, for me, like growing up in Dallas and then also in Louisiana, um, I always wanted to go to Parsons. Mm -hmm. I was always thinking about New York. I think it's just because of the education system there and then also like all of the designers ateliers that are there, the many opportunities. That's where New York Fashion Week, that's, mm -hmm. where, that's where the major fashion yeah. happens in the United States in New York. So I think there's that pull for that reason, but then also to find opportunities, it's easier to, to go outside of New York. Mm, that's and true. Maybe even go to LA, it's a little bit smaller than yeah. fashion scene um, in, a, in a different way. But I don't know, I, Dallas just seemed like such a great hub for fashion. I think it was like largely unexplored by independent designers. Um, and then when I got here, I realized there is a lot of creative talent here, but you can shine your sl slightly bigger, slightly smaller bond. Yeah. So it was really cool. I feel like the influencer culture here, though, is like it's so saturated. There's so many. It's so much. It's oh, so, man. Yeah, it's it's really, cool, but like, wow. It's, it's hard. It's hard in certain, like it's nice in certain aspects and it's harder in others because I feel like it's so, it's nice because a lot of brands come here, you know, because there's such a big pool of us, but then I feel like it's also hard to set yourself apart and then there's just so many people 
a lot of not I wouldn't say competition because everyone can bounce off each other, but yeah. it is there's a lot of people. It's doing very here. saturated, yeah, that's How for sure. Do you feel like you set yourself apart? Like in aesthetic and like I mean the fact that you're twins is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> twins. I think the twins and also we share a lot of wellness stuff too. So yeah. I, wellness has always been a part of our life. So I feel like we since we started personal training, it's always been something that we cared about and something that we do all the, every day. Mm-hmm. But we try to share. I don't share it so much in my actual feed. I don't share like a lot. I eat a little bit of some workouts maybe, but more of my stories. I'll share what I'm eating. I'll share a lot of stuff. Like we switched to plant-based two years ago. So we, we shared a whole journey with that because I used wow. to eat totally differently. So I mean healthy but not plant-based. So mm-hmm. it's like just sharing all that. I think people also look to us for that and then just – um, just life. I think also stuff. just being like really authentic. I mean, I'm not saying that other people aren't. Let's just boost our ego. No, I'm, not, ego. I'm, just, I'm saying because we're really good about, I try to respond like almost every message that I can if I see it. Awesome. And I know, like, I only know this because, I mean, I have peers that obviously are bloggers and some of them do respond but I get a lot of messages from people saying that I like they'll message me and they're really surprised that I respond because they're like, I message other people that are like they could be bigger than me. They could be the same size or yeah. smaller. And they just, I get it because it takes a lot of, I mean, it takes a good amount of hours every day to respond. And it, it does give you like a little bit of anxiety because you feel like you've, you know, I want to be able to respond to everyone, but there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. So I feel like just like I approach them as like, they're my, they're my friends because they are recently our dog passed away and they like, everyone was mess, you know, messaging us. You feel like you have a community on there as opposed to just like, people that are buying stuff off you. You know what I mean? I don't want to be like a sort. Like if they're if they're looking for a particular item and it's sold out, I will literally tell them like they can message me and I'll help them find it because I feel like they're everyone that follows me, this is how we get to do this full time. They're the ones who pr- pretty much provide me an income. So yeah. that's in an audience. So like if I feel like we treat them like they're like our friends and we want to be able to help them as opposed to like people that just follow us. And people and- will message me like there's been a few people message me because I've shared personal stuff like on our podcast or our blog like about breakups or whatever. And people mm-hmm. will message me like I just went through a breakup. Like what's your advice? And then we end up kind of becoming friends. Like we'll message on there and they'll share a lot of stuff with me probably because I'm just like an outside. I'm not like in their circle of friends at home so yeah. like they can share more. And I think I can share more with them because they're not like, you know, one of my close friends here. You yeah. You can be more vulnerable. So, so it's cool to have that. I guess that's, I mean, I don't know if that's what sets us apart, but I feel like that's what it is. I guess we try. I don't think I'm trying to set myself apart. I think we're just kind of like, I'm just trying to be my own self and yeah. hope that people like us for, you know, who we are as opposed to, because there is a lot, probably, you probably see this in your own world too, where everyone's trying to copy each other or just trying to stay relevant. And yeah. so they just, everyone's kind of starts doing the same thing. So I feel like to some extent, obviously you, you kind of are sim- all similar in a way, but yeah. you also want to just kind of be who you are instead of trying to copy everyone else because they you're 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 you are who you are like your line and your own yeah. everything is just because of that's who you like your clothing line your your store and everything like that it's because it's all based off you and if you were trying to copy other people that you knew it's like okay then why does I mean, why should someone buy your your design as opposed to someone else's yeah the authenticity factor is important exactly like they could go anywhere else and get something else if I was copying somebody why would I even bother to create yeah. that would be being sustainable when creating you have to create so intentionally because you don't want to have any waste or just like a product that just gathers dust and sit in storage or whatever. So yeah, I think being authentic is number one and also being raw and vulnerable with people and being open with people. Like I try to like pour myself into every collection and really like give it my all. That's what people will see in the clothes. We'll speak volumes people even though it's just like a piece of clothing. Like yeah. people will tell it on some kind of subconscious level. Yeah. Like okay, this person like really invested their time and their heart and their energy yeah. into this. So yeah, I mean, it's the same. It really is. Like, it translates really well into you. Mm, so, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. That's why you guys have the platform. <laughs> oh, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, 
But yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. And I think even on the show I said this, like they were like, um, we talked about this before we started recording, but they were like, who's your biggest competitor? And like, who, who do you think is like the biggest threat to you in the competition? And I was like, well, like I want to like spin this around because like for real though, it's true. It's like when I look up at, and I focus not on what I'm doing, but I look at other people's designs or other people's aesthetics, I get distracted and I lose focus from why I was creating the thing that I was creating. Like, like in a way, so I'd always answer the questions like, well, I'm my biggest competitor. Yeah. I want to be better than my challenge last week because like I really, I have, I've cultivated this, my own aesthetic. I've like worked on this for years. And yeah. so if I look up and I th- start to think, oh no, like Garo's over there doing this crazy couture corset and like kind of doing a corset too, but it's like, maybe it's not as good. Like then yeah. I get my head about it. And like, that's yeah. not cool. And like, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. Don't yeah. focus on that yeah. and um, do, do the best you. you know? That's yeah. such a good point. Yeah. I was going to say that's a really good point just in life in general because you know I relate to so much what you're saying with what we do for work and I'm sure even if you don't you're not an entrepreneur and anything for those of you guys listening if you if you do anything in life and you look over what your friends are doing or I mean Instagram I love it like you were saying I love because you can connect but it's also like definitely it's, so easy to it's definitely a negative because you do what you were saying like we could do in the show you do that you can do that in everyday life I mean you think you're you know you go on you think you're doing so great because you are you're like in your life you're like oh, I'm doing this I'm killing it I got a raise I do this and then you get on Instagram because everyone posts personally they post their like, best their best, their best. Mm-hmm. it's a highlight reel you're like well they're on this like luxury trip like I I can't afford it like I'm not you might be thinking I can't afford to do that well then you feel not great about yourself anymore so I feel like it's so that happens to me with work like I might be like oh I you know I have this I'm doing you know posting this outfit I think it looks cute or I'm doing this campaign and then you look you can get on Instagram like what we were saying how saturated it is you get on and you're like oh well this person I can see this is a brand that they we were supposed to work with them but they decided to go a different direction and I didn't get that campaign so then it's like you feel like then you start feeling badly about yourself so but like why didn't I get it yeah should I post it more should I make more sales like you make me do all these things in your head yeah yes. so it's such a good point to just to stay in your lane because first of all you're happier that way yeah and second of all you are you're on that path for a reason so yeah yeah I think it's so important oh my gosh I it's like you don't want to like hear like the term like keep your head down but like, yeah when I'm designing collection like I'm kind of even like off social media a little bit because I'll start to like even subconsciously pull in these outside influences from other no 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 like I need to like stay in my lane focus because I have a really cool concept mm-hmm. I don't need to get distracted with like what's currently coming down right the because like that's great and all but then I think back to like when I was on the show and we had this challenge called the elegance challenge and we had to design some kind of look that exuded modern day elegance and sophistication based off of these Brandon Maxwell Lucite handbags we all mm-hmm. had different items in these clear Lucite bags and I was in a little bubble because when you're on the show you have like no outside influences you can't like google anything oh, there's, wow. no, there's no google there's no phones there's no computer you don't have anything like that you're like in a little design so all you have is your sketch pad for 30 minutes and I thought of this really cool concept of doing these giant hips on this dress and I was like I think this is cool I don't know why it's like that the sculpture that I had a bag reminded me of it and I was like I want to do these like giant hips like Greek revival style like turn of the century girl make it modern build her a corset, put it on the outside of the dress so you see like a cage and then do it in like this like sheer organza. And it sounded crazy, but I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, if you do, do giant hips on a dress, you're either going to be on the top or the bottom. And then I was on the top and they were, one of the judges said, said like, oh, like I just don't really feel like a woman would want to accentuate her hips. And then when I got off the show, the next season Balenciaga Couture's runway had these giant hip gown. And I was like, 
Pinterest. It happened. Yeah. I created this cool yeah. thing and it was a trend. And I didn't listen to anybody else. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And it was a trend. There you go. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, speaking of that, we wanted to get into Project Runway yeah. and kind of how that came to be an opportunity for you. Yeah. So Project Runway is one of those things where it's like that little voice in your head. It's like, you should do this. And then you're like, no, whatever. And I'm more of an introverted person. I think I can fake being an extrovert pretty yeah. well. That's exactly how we are. So really? I yeah. Get it. yeah. <laughs> but like after you're like around a bunch of people, you're like, okay, I need my sleep you're like, time. I need like a week by myself. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I never really thought that a show was the right venue for me to like really express myself creatively and grow as a designer. Um, but one of my best friends was my roommate at the time and she was like you know you keep doing these like runway shows and you keep growing your presence in Dallas but how are you going to expand outside of Dallas and I was like well you know I'll just do shows elsewhere and she was like have you ever thought about Project Runway because that's a national audience mm -hmm. even really a na an international yeah. audience because it airs outside the U.S. and she's like why don't you do it and I was like no I don't think it's for me like I'm too much of a an, of an introverted person I don't think I'd be good for TV and she's like well why don't you let the producers decide don't decide that for yourself and so I said okay so I did it and I'm she submitted my name and then they got back to me with some questions and I was like, oh, okay. And I just threw my hat in the ring and then I just kept getting called back again and again and again. And um, eventually that led to me being on the show. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like the wild experience. I kind of kept thinking like, oh, surely they'll like it. They, I won't get a call back. And then um, for an entire summer, I didn't get a call back. And then I realized it was because they were switching over from Lifetime to Bravo. Oh. So I had probably one of like the longest auditions in the history of I think because we started I, I reached out to them in February I got cast in, on the show in October oh wow oh my god and so it was really a long process but then I flew out there in October um and then we filmed for six weeks and then that was that was the show and then I was back here and um it was the wildest experience of my life it was so crazy but I loved it and wouldn't change it for the world yeah. when people ask me what I thought of it I say it was like the worst and the best experience of my life <laughs> all rolled into one way. so what was like your favorite thing about it what's like the least favorite thing about it I guess um, there's so much on the show so but. much I mean my favorite is that they push you creatively so much it's like a creative boot camp, you know? Like, <laughs> it's also probably my least favorite at the same time, too, because, like, you're woken up in, like, the crack of dawn, and you don't know what time it is, and you just have to oh. go. You have no control over just, like, okay, here's your challenge, go. And you had no previous knowledge of what the challenge was going to be until you're presented the challenge by Christian Siriano and Carly Claus. And you just have to kind of go with it and just say, okay, yeah, like, I love – I. I am feeling this inspiration today. Like some of my, I prepared kind of in my head, like I prepared certain looks that I thought would do really well on the show or could work for different challenges. But my best look on the show, honestly, was one that I didn't prepare, which was an elegant challenge with those giant, the the brand of Maxwell Lucite bag. It's this giant, cool, clear Lucite bag. There was this like bust of a woman. It was like a statue. It was like her face and just like the top of her shoulders and that giant like shoulder coming out. She looks so powerful. She this fabric draped around her and I was like, I'm just gonna like turn this kind of thing into a dress and there and that was my that was my favorite look and I didn't plan it I just kind of did it it sounded really ambitious but I was like I'm just gonna go for it so for anyone listening if you ever want to go on Project Runway just go for it I would say don't plan it really like come in just as yourself and get inspired by each unique challenge because you never know what's gonna bring it and everything from streetwear to elegance to making a a stage where performance piece for Sir Elton John, you know, yeah, it was like crazy. everything, yeah. which I went home for, but still was fun. Yeah. <laughs> how, so when you, they give you the challenge, like how long do you have from they, when they tell you to create it? 
they say like they say they're one day or two day challenges but it's really just a matter of hours so i think the shortest amount of time that we have was like 10 hours to make oh a look which is crazy when you think about it because it's everything from like sketching the initial concept and then you go to mood to get the fabric i do remember that part of the show yeah, yeah. like okay designers 30 minutes and then you're and they're like running through all the yeah i remember and that then, or if it's unconventional you're like for my my case i was running around the woods of staten island we're sleeping out in the woods and we had to like forage for our materials but it was like a bunch of camping materials and then like leaves and things that were just like outside and i also they didn't tell us what we were doing so i wore these shoes you guys can't see but i, I was in combat boot heels running around the, uh, the forest of Staten Island, um, foraging for my materials to make a, a dress in like 12 hours. That's um, insane. <laughs> so it pushes you. Yeah. Like, I would, would I ever be doing that outside of this? No, no absolutely not. But, you know. So the whole thing is six weeks. And then how many challenges are there? Um, 12 challenges. But the, uh, the last, like, challenge challenge is, like, runway it's okay. just like the new york fashion week or the project runway runway okay. and um only four designers compete and or i think actually we had three designers compete our year three designers compete and then whoever wins wins the cash prize they win the materials um and then they also win their mentorship with the cfda which was game changer because it's like a lot of designers in the industry don't i don't think they take project runway that seriously mm -hmm. with the show it's, it's a reality show but at the same time like my season was so different because we won a mentorship with the cfda which means like you can go to new york fashion week like the cfda is supporting you i don't know really exactly how you're taken under their yeah. wing um i don't know because i don't i didn't win but <laughs> uh, i can imagine that it was incredible option so um, yeah, it's really like it's kind of a game changer for any fashion. Like they are like the tastemakers of the fashion industry. So that's cool. amazing. So how long do you guys film every day when you're on the show, or do you guys have breaks where you don't film? I, it changes. Yeah, I've okay. heard different things every year. Like I've heard from like one of my friends, like they never got a break. We really didn't get breaks either. And then the season after me, they had some breaks, but like pretty pretty much no. You're like go go. And like they said, like okay, that's like this week's challenge, but like it wasn't a week. It was like because they they. I mean, you can kind of right, gather yeah. from the show. It's a two day challenge. You jump into the next challenge. Yeah. So it changes every year. But um, yeah, we really didn't have any breaks. I remember thinking, like, right before the challenge where I went home, it was almost Thanksgiving, and I was like, if I could just rest for Thanksgiving and then go into this next challenge, like, please give me, please, dear God, a break. I didn't get a break, and I was just so tired. And I could, like, see it when I watched the show. I was like, that is one sleepy girl. Back. I can't even imagine. That's so, so... And then you're, like, stressed out, too. So it's not just, like, you haven't slept. You're, like, stressed so out. So how did you feel, like, watching, like, I'm assuming you watched your season back. Like, how did it feel, like, when you were actually filming versus, like, watching it back? Like, was there... I was, like, so pleasantly surprised, yeah. but I also think, like, I don't know, like, this is maybe, like, sharing too much on the production side <laughs> of what I don't care. I, I think I was so nice, like, I really enjoyed meeting, like, the cameramen and, like, the people that were behind the scenes editing things and, um, like, <laughs> running around the workroom. There was a really, really freezing cold episode. And I had these like high socks on and I was just running around and my toe snagged on a nail. I had like a giant hole of my sock and my toe was just like sticking in my sock and I was running around like a crazy person. It would have made great television. But I was like begging the camera. I was like, please, like we're friends. Do not show this. They did me a solid. They did toe. And I was like, I love you. Like I feel like I, like looking back watching myself, I was like, it wasn't really that bad. It's kind of, I thought I was going to be more mortified than I was. I like, I also wasn't very controversial. I was like friends with everybody. Um... I don't know, I really enjoyed being there for the most part. So 
I think watching it back, I wasn't really mortified. I thought it yeah. was really kind of cool. And hearing your own voice is kind of weird. I'm sure you guys get that too. Whenever yeah, you I feel like it'd be so, it's so different to be on a TV show. I can't imagine. Like, I feel like I'd be like criticizing myself the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I think like for me, yeah, I was like, oh God, my hair, like, oh Lord, mm-hmm. I like did not have a good, I had a battle with a straightening iron that day or something. Like, but you weren't, I mean, you guys were under such like time pressures and probably no time to like sit there and like look cute. I don't know. I don't know. I was like the crazy freak that like asked to be woken up like 30 minutes early. Oh, yeah. I would do the same. Yeah, okay, we've got to give Leela her extra 30 minutes, do her like curl her hair, put her eyelashes on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you, you think because you're not just going in by yourself. I mean, it's going to be aired to a lot of people. So That's what I was thinking. So I'd wake up extra early and like we, they even like recorded me doing makeup tutorials. That's I don't so think I made funny. it on the show. Oh my God, like, that's so funny. my channel. I just did my thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I would do that for sure. I, there's time. Even when I was out in the woods, there was there was time for oh, lashes. Well, that's good. <laughs> Not good. for everybody. Everyone thought I was crazy. I mean, I'd be doing like, the same uh, thing. Like, y'all, I'm from Dallas. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we do like hair and lash makeup and like glam. Plus, like it's different being on TV. Like if I knew I was gonna be like on a huge screen on Rin's living, be like I'd be getting yeah. ready too. Some people just didn't care. Power to yeah. you. Yeah, I do. So wake up early. I feel like the woman like breakouts on my face, having to like conceal everything. I mean, you can still see it. But you want no one to be like on TV with like, a huge like red thing. Yeah, <laughs> and also before I went on the show, and I would suggest anyone before they go on a show. I kind of knew how to do makeup, like everyday makeup, but I did not know how to do like TV oh, makeup. Yeah, that's so I actually true. went to a guy who does drag makeup, oh. and I learned from a drag queen how to do my makeup for reality. That's and so I, interesting. That's mm-hmm. a good tip. Mm-hmm. So go go to a drag queen. Y'all. Yeah, because you don't think I really about it. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, I mean, yes. you, it, it is like different. Stage makeup. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is how we do stage makeup. It's totally different, and it's like, yeah, it's really intense, but those lights are intense. Yeah. That's how I learned. So how long did it take you to do like that kind of makeup? Or you probably got quicker at it yeah I got quicker at it and it's also just like the products themselves like how long are they gonna last uh, on your face and he was like oh yeah girl you need that Kevin Kwan concealer and I was like okay really expensive but like let's do it yeah so, not sponsored I'm just yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> hilarious just, yeah, just that good stuff um but yeah were there was there like did you guys everyone on the show did you guys like the cast did you guys get along with each other or were there people that you just like you really didn't like on the show you know, there's people, I feel like if you spend a certain amount of time with anyone, people that you're just like, oh my gosh, cannot. But for the most part, we really, we all got along. I think you can see like with certain challenges, like my roommate Tessa, like she was my roommate. She was on my team challenge with me. We were always around each other and she has very strong opinions. And mm-hmm. to state, we're great friends. She's actually, she's doing a pop-up in my store in the next two weeks. Oh, fine. Um, but like, it's funny how, especially how they edited this one certain episode, it looked like we were really butting heads, really frustrated with each other. But like that, that's like after like that was week eight in TV land. Um, so we had been on the show for a while, designing yeah. together and roommates, That's always around each other. So we're yeah. kind of like, okay, girl. Like I was like, that's funny. You're just really type A. So am I in a really different way. And she was like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, but you a lot more so. <laughs> but it was like a like slight shade. At the same time, it was just like, we're just around each other so oh, yeah. long. I can't even imagine. We I mean, be... we're twins and people always ask us, do you fight a lot? We're like, yeah, we literally, the most embarrassing thing is like, I forget that people like, I mean, not that we're like celebrities, but people know who we are. So like, we've been on airplanes before, or like <laughs> running errands, and we're like really mad. We're like yelling, we're like not other. yelling, but like you can tell that we're like pissed, like we're no, making we're, like, faces. Our heads are, like, and like on the airplane, we're like sitting next to each other, like arguing with each other, and then we'll get off the airplane, and people are like, 
oh my god i just had to say hi and i'm like oh my god this is so embarrassing like will they see how we really are yeah, like, i'll make a joke like oh you saw us arguing <laughs> yeah. like, they did. and like if i ever complain like my boyfriend or my mom they're like well you should know I'm like I, I don't think of myself that way i'm just like i'm a normal person obviously so i'm just like arguing how we normally because we fight like we're best friends like, we're so close but that's what i was saying like we're best friends and we're so close and even then like i'm sure if we were on the show we would be buddy like we would be buddy as well. We'd be yelling at each other. Yeah, yeah. people so. get like a little glimpse of y'all and like, oh, those girls do not get off. They're like, no, we're sisters. Yeah. But it's funny when people get like a little glimpse into your uh, the, of your daily life. Yeah. It's like, whoa. And like, they're like, oh, they were just the sweetest. And it's like, you saw me. Yeah. And you're like, under, you're tired. Yeah. You've been working crazy hours. You're living together. And it's just, and you're not, I mean, you're friends, but you guys didn't know each other, I'm assuming, before. So it's yeah. not like. It's getting to know like personalities and mm-hmm. learning to work when they together. put you guys together. Do you guys have any say, or they just like for, as a roommate or anything, or do you, or do they just like do the producers decide yeah, they, that they, we just like they open up the doors to this penthouse in Brooklyn, and they were like, okay, go find your room or whatever you want to do, and so we just like we're like, hey, you want a room together? We we had known each other for maybe thirty minutes, so really based <laughs> on nothing. Um, I was like, oh, cool, you're a sustainable designer. And I was like, and I knew I didn't want a room with one certain girl because she seemed like very high maintenance. Again, it's like I knew her for thirty minutes. Right. And, like this to this day like we're friends but yeah i was just like oh girl no no and I yeah. think she thought we were a lot alike but i was like girl no i the lashes and i have like the long hair no so i just like ran into a room and this girl tessa that i had known for 30 minutes followed me and it was like let's do it okay <laughs> <laughs> and then looking back i'm like damn it we didn't we had a little closet that these boys got this big and it's like this like one bathroom that had like a standalone tub yeah. and i was like damn it but <laughs> it's a good room so yeah it was it was the coolest thing ever but it was just so different it's like nothing is like your own decision like even what you eat every day they're like okay, gonna ask your you. food but it's kind of nice like not having a phone not having to really make any decisions aside from like hey i'm gonna design this look yeah. today was kind of cool it was kind of like a social media therapy we would joke on the show we're like if anyone asks me us like what we're doing it's like we can't really say like we'll just be like oh we're on like a like a social media retreat you know social media is like completely just like detoxing so how does that so you when you get casted they, and then you get to like New York or whatever, they take your phone and then you obviously, obviously you're not on your phone, you can't say anything. When you get back, is there a period, like before it airs, you just don't, like how long is the period before you get back to when it airs? Um, for us, it was a long time. So we got back in December and then it didn't air until March. So that's kind of long yeah. for TV time. Um, I think Britney's season, I don't actually, I don't even know. I don't know about that one. But yeah, we had to wait a long time. So you just can't say anything between that until it airs? Yeah, or? we couldn't say anything. And then from, just, they announced it in Jan, like end of January. Yeah. So we had to wait like a month and a half to say, to say anything, anything at all. Oh, wow. And then when they dropped it, I was like, okay, <laughs> and I'm announcing it. And my Instagram was private before, and so I turned it off private. Hello, deleted all these photos. Like, yeah, you're like, let me clean this up. And yeah, it was so wild. I it can was, imagine like having that. Experience. I mean, it's cool, but it's probably so different than anything in your life that you're used to. Like, yeah, just having like once it airs, like all these people know who you are. Yeah, like, they watch you. And, yeah, yeah, was that weird for you? Like after you got the show, and then like you know you started getting blown up. Was that weird for you? Like when you like people started finding out about you, or did you enjoy it? It was. It was weird, but it was cool. Fans are really cool. Like I feel like they're not like it's not like the Bachelor. Mm. Get, like a, a big spectrum of everything. You know? <laughs> yeah. People who are, like, 
like, like I went to um, Middle America. I went to Cincinnati in Ohio for reference, and like in Dallas, I would get noticed like a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to like Middle America, like the Midwest loves Project Runway. Like a oh lot of like God. home sewers out there. So it was like, like we saw like a lot of like moms and like. Um, and like the gays loved them. like they were like oh my god and I was like those are the best it was like little homes like the home store mom oh I'm making like a dress for my daughter from homecoming like do you have any tips and I'm like oh that's so cool I love um, or like for me with sustainable fashion it was like people were like how do I get like to be like more like minimal waste like you on the show like how do you like suggest like building a wardrobe that's more sustainable and I'd be like cool I love this and, like that's where like other designers come in too because I'm like well I buy from this brand and this brand and this brand and I was doing that a lot when I was in the show mm-hmm. and I think it's where I first kind of got the idea to do like a sustainable concept store with other designers because there's so much out there like, yeah. people are like well if I don't want to bra from Victoria's Secret where can I buy and I'm like oh girl like mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And if people are like, well, I'm co- my, uh, I'm cost conscious. Like, where do I buy it? I'm like, girl, like, or, or guy, whatever. Like, yeah. Let me tell you. So many options. Um, I was like, there's, there's so many people that I can connect with from this, and that was really, really cool. So, yeah. don't really have anything bad to say. I only would say like. Um, for people going on reality TV, like maybe just don't look at Twitter so much. Like I, I really didn't at all until like way later. I like saw like a couple mean tweets, and then I was like, okay, I'm getting off. I'm not gonna even be on this. And I don't really have a following on Twitter. And then just like recently, for a TikTok that I made, I went on Twitter to like find some mean tweets, and it was hilarious. But like, it's because it was so far in the past, and it's like they're not looking at you as a human being. And you guys probably get this too yeah. sometimes when you hear mean things. They don't look at you as a real human being and, and all these personal connections. They're like, oh, you're a character, yeah. like an, an influencer character of a person. Yeah, like you're like a, sure. like a designer character of a person. And it's like, that's absolutely yeah. wrong. Whatever, but um, you just can't take any of that personally. Yeah. People say, really to behind not. the screen, it's so easy for people to say stuff. And I think they don't, everything that you're going to read it or see it. And even if they do, they're like, whatever. They don't really think about the repercussions of it. And it, it does it affects you i mean i there's we've talked about it before in our podcast i don't even know we don't really look on twitter either but there's a message board uh like a forum for like bloggers and uh-huh. different other things and people just literally threads and threads they write about every every influencer you've seen yeah it's terrible what people can do i mean maybe some like for certain people maybe it's true but they what i have seen on stuff that i've read they'll take if even if a part of it's real they'll take one part that's like real and then the rest of it it's like completely false so everyone they know that one part's true so they believe i mean if they haven't done their research, they believe that. But it is, like, you have to learn to, like, we relate to it, too. You have to learn to, like, ignore it because people have written some really, you know, they write really rude things, but they obviously don't, people who don't, obviously people don't know me in real life. But yeah, and so much of it is rooted in fiction mm-hmm. and just right. some, some kind of whatever they've cultivated in their head. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand of that, I think it's so important, like, this world is so small mm-hmm. and so people are so connected. And I think it's just kindness goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. And, like, being on the show and then coming out of that and, like, being in the fashion world, it is a much smaller world than you would think, especially. And the influencers who it, there's so many influencers, but at the same time, everyone's so connected and yeah. smaller than one would probably think so it's so important to be just kind of the end right. like writing back to people just taking that time to like write back to people who are where like the reason why you guys are where you're mm-hmm. at is because of all the people that really believe in you and love that you take the time to like get back to them mm-hmm. so like kindness does go such a yeah that's such a good well. message so kind of well it's kind of up in this is in what we're talking about but kind of not <laughs> have you ever had the opportunity to design for any celebrities or anyone that Maybe like out in the spotlight. Yeah. So I don't really talk about it a lot because it wasn't under my label. So, you know, and I want to give credit where credit's due. It's to this designer. But 
when I first got started in the fashion world, it was like my second year at Parsons, I was working for this designer called, called Harbison. And Harbison, Charles Harbison is his name. He's really, really talented. He does a lot of like intersectional fashion mm -hmm. um, and gender fluid fashion, which I think is super cool. And after maybe it was like two or three months working for him, Beyonce, her stylist oh, came wow. to him and said, we would love something for a couple different occasions. And um, we were working on some concepts and I do sexy kind of well. Yeah. And so I was like, how about we, you know, I was just kind of throwing some ideas out there. And some of those ideas that I had came to fruition in his design. So I like helped design a dress. It was a jumpsuit um, with a cape for Beyonce. That's cool. And that was for the Manny Pacquiao fight that was back in 2015. So she actually wore it to the fight, took some photos in it, but like it was on like international television on like a plunging red jumpsuit. Um, that was super cool. Like everything yeah. down to like the fabric, I'm like, yep, sourced that myself. Yeah. And That's so cool. It was super cool. I mean, yes, credit where credit's due. Yeah. It was under his brand, but I liked I mean, definitely I thought that was really fun. Um, so yeah, designing something for Beyonce when I was early in my career, that was really cool. And then, um, beyond that, um, I've designed things for like just certain like local people that I like. I've, I've designed some custom hats for some people, um, put my outfits on like local recording artists like Hannah Hotline. Mm -hmm. Some of my pieces have made it to like Nashville. Oh, um, yeah. the stylist styled by Cohen has pulled some things yeah. for Abby Smothers. Um, and so she's super cool and she's like in the country music world, her husband does at least. Um, so like some clients like that but yeah. I love to expand more there I feel like I do dress a lot of real women which I love and I like that like even on my runway I do a lot of like size inclusive fashion mm -hmm. so everything from a size like double zero all the way up to I think we had a size 14 was our largest on the runway but I do larger too I think it's like really cool I don't put label I don't put sizing labels in my back okay. so you it's just kind of like whenever anything's custom made there's no size label mm -hmm. I'm ready to wear as like small medium large extra large whatever I still do custom no matter what and I think size inclusion is really important yeah. Yeah, 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 that's so, great. Yeah. So besides designing for like a celebrity or someone who's out in the spotlight, what's yeah. been your coolest experience in your career until now, up until now? The coolest experience? Um, I mean, Project Runway is definitely up there. Yeah. And then I think the one that really stands out and it's recent is last November, I had my first solo fashion show. So, I mean, doing fashion shows like Fashion X is really cool because you go, you do the runway with mm -hmm. other designers, but doing your own solo show, it's like your own unique vision. You have to find everything from like a venue to like decor to like brand mm -hmm. partnerships that you want to do, models that you want to cast. And then uh, of course the wardrobe, the pieces that you want to design, but everything is you. And so it was almost like planning a wedding. Yeah. Kind of like it was insane. Yeah. I didn't really realize how crazy it was, but it was amazing. It was such a rewarding experience. And we also had a non-profit uh, non fashion show. So the proceeds from ticket sales went to a nonprofit called mm. Elijah Rising, which helps women who have been the victims um, and the survivors of human trafficking um, rebuild their lives through counseling, through housing, through materials, shelter, things like that, um, really get their lives back on track. And it's, it's a Texas-based organization too, uh, based in Houston. So it was like, it was cool because it was like, the show had meaning where it was called Ariel, which was like like aviation flying. And it was yeah. also like women soaring to new heights, breaking the glass ceiling, and then helping these women that came out of this like horrible situation find light and a second life and meaning and really like achieve their dreams and their goals and 
building a, a life. Um, and so it really came, kind of came full circle. And that was a really beautiful experience. Probably one of, probably the most rewarding so far. That's so cool. Was it here in Dallas? It was here yeah. in Dallas too. Yeah. Dallas models, um, Dallas, we partnered with Dallas influencers. Definitely next show you guys are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was super rewarding and it was really cool to give that's back so cool. and work with the community too. That's, I feel like that's like what, I mean, I don't know if that's like the dream for like a designer, but it's cool to have your own have your own show with everything that's like you've set up yourself and yeah just, I mean I feel like that'd be like the goal I mean I know it's not like I knew you said fashion meets like the big thing but it's so cool to do your own yeah and designers do that all the time usually what they do is like they do their own show and then they pay Vogue to be like included in the calendar of New York so it really like literally if we had like more money we could have just done yeah. that too. we just kind of did our own thing we stayed independent but um one day yeah we'll probably do something like that and be in the calendar um That's but this awesome. one we really wanted to focus on like staying local and like the nonprofit component mm -hmm. of that yeah all the funds to a nonprofit, yeah. which I thought was way That's... cool um, but yeah I don't know we'll probably we'll, once we're, we're doing gathering and groups again yeah. I don't know when that will happen yeah <laughs> I'm so excited for that day maybe we'll even get creative with it and do something virtual with donations or something um, cool. but I mean there's ways to still innovate even now mm -hmm. uh, we're doing it with our space too with online shopping yeah hopefully so soon cool. I know I, I'd love to see it yeah. so kind of jumping gears what is your most worn piece in your closet Ooh, um, so probably something I made. Honestly, actually, there's a piece out right now that I wear a lot. Um, we'll get into another piece in a little bit okay. because there's a story behind it. But there's a green blazer that's out in my store. It's like around the corner. You guys will see it. But um, we designed that for our last collection. And when we design things, what we like to do is we like to think about like all the practical uses of the piece. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our blazers will also be like a longer length because one, if we ever have a custom client come in, it's nice to have a long blazer so we can like adjust the length. Oh yeah. But then also a more petite client can wear it as a dress. Mm, that's so cute. I like the versatility in that. Everything has pockets and it has a detachable lapel. So you can detach the lapel and wear it as a belt. Or oh, belt. that's so cool. You can do like a second lapel and have it like oversized and big and open. So different ways to style it. So a lot of people I know were like, oh, I only want to wear this once. And then I'm like, well, I encourage you to like be more creative and like think of all the different ways you can style it. Just do post yeah, on them. For sure. Use things in different ways. So I definitely, I would say I wear that a lot because there's so many different ways. And then the, another piece is, um, I know the Reformation's kind of canceled now, um, but I love the, I used to love the Reformation because they were a sustainable shop that wasn't too out of my budget. The most expensive pieces are like 300, 100 maybe. Uh -huh. But I got a dress back in the day um, around the time that I was graduating from Parsons and I was like, it's a special occasion dress, but it was kind of summery. And that dress, I don't know how many times, I've, it's, on, it's in so many pictures. Yeah. I got it in 2013, it's still in style. I'll still wear it. It's made out of a really beautiful fabric. It's like a dead stock vintage fabric. It's yeah. florally, it's black, it's pretty. And that thing has been through like hell and high water. <laughs> I got it caught in the spokes of a bicycle. Oh my God. It had to be like cut out of it in a special bicycle store just so oh I could sell like, money to get it like professionally taken out of this bike. Like yeah. I love that dress. And like, it's so funny how now like that dress is still in my closet. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's has some battle scars. Don't wear it. Cause it's like, it's so timeless, and now I've like attached so many personal memories mm. with it, and like it's just one of those pieces that's like now it's like a, just like a piece of my like forever wardrobe. Yeah, like you it's have gonna to probably, have it. It's probably gonna be there, even if I like cut it up and turn it into something. Yeah, else. something else. You have to spend it goes zero waste. Yeah, I'll probably <laughs> still do that, but that's yeah. it. <laughs> so, what do you like to do when you're not designing? Um, when I'm not designing. Um, lately, it's not, I mean, it's, it's like taking up most of my time. So, I mean, and I really do love it in this store and representing other yeah. designers 
and, and their sustainable brands. So, I mean, Mondays and Tuesdays we're designing here in the studio, and then Wednesdays through Sundays we're functioning as a as a retail store here in Dallas. Um, so that's really most of my time. Um, back before COVID, things, concerts, I love musical family, so I'm always really inspired oh, by really? music. Oh, really? That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then food. Like, I grew up in Louisiana, so um, went to school in New Orleans, so like I love like finding like new restaurant openings and things like that. I'm sure you guys hear about like all like, the new Yeah, yeah we get to go, I mean, you know, we, they, we get we get told about it. I mean, we, go, yeah. we get to go to some stuff, Yeah, but... Um, like yeah, it's I, always fun. I mean, Dal I guess New York has a lot. I mean, Dallas has a good restaurant. I'm sure New York so, is huge, like, huge for that, too. New York is huge for that, but I actually realized, like, I was looking up some, like, Dallas stats. We have more restaurants per capita than New oh, York. Oh, really? That's crazy. crazy. I know when you're there, you But I do think it. that's what, when you were talking about the fashion and, like, about being in Dallas as opposed to New York and L.A., I feel like the biggest misconception about Dallas is that the people haven't been, is that mm -hmm. they don't think of it as, like, a big city where, like, Anytime there's restaurant openings or hotel openings, I feel like it's LA, New York, and then maybe like one other big spot in Dallas. That's where they put it. All the new restaurants, they still come here. We have a lot of the same. That's why I went, we grew up in El Paso. And so like when I moved, I went to school in Austin, college in Austin, and then moved here for our first job in Dallas. And I feel like when I, when you before I lived here, I was like I always when we went to LA or New York, I was like oh we have to go to this place. I loved shopping obviously, mm -hmm. and I would get so excited at all the different stores that we didn't have. But like now that I live here, like when I go to New York or LA, like it's fun, but I'm not like I enjoy going just for like a change of scenery. But I'm like I'm not like dying to go there because I'm like every time I go there, I'm like it's pretty much everything we have, but like different obviously completely different atmosphere and everything. But like in terms of re restaurants, shopping, like you pretty much have everything you want to have mm -hmm. here. Yeah, you here yeah, and here people too. don't realize that unless they've come here they they imagine like fort worth like cowboy boots and like yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and western yeah. yeah yeah so that, that's i feel like that's what's so funny because unless you've been here you don't you don't think that's what it is I'm like there's they really have everything you could want in dallas and it is so. a big city you just set up differently than other cities just, yeah yeah you just have to drive farther. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so kind of closing out do you have any advice for anyone that wants to start their fashion career Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say, I, I would just say just be a sponge, like take in all the inspiration that you can talk to as many people as you can in different fields in the industry. Like my, one of my mentors has a background in finance and fashion. So I would say like, just talk to everyone you can. I know a lot of people when they're like inspired, they just want to go off their own tangent, like do their own thing mm -hmm. and like talk about what they're doing. Like I meet a lot of young designers and they don't ask me a lot of questions. They just tell me what they're doing. And I'm like, that's great. I yeah. love that for you. But when I was getting started, I felt like I learned so much by just like being quiet and like listening, being a sponge to like what all these talented designers and just industry professionals had to say. Um, and also to not take too many things personally because especially when you're in like a place like New York, people are gonna be really, they're gonna cut you down sometimes. Um, but that's just to like sometimes build you back up. Like I've had professors rip up garments of mine. Um, oh like really go inside, like turn it inside out and be like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And open up seams and be like, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it just made me better. It was really hard to cry because I'm like, oh, that took like, that took so many hours sleepless night. And when you're getting started, it takes so long to get into it. You're gonna mess up so many times. Like you are gonna sew the wrong seam so many times. Mm. You're gonna sew really silly things together and be like, why would I do this? Mm. I Do I even have the skills to be here? It takes so much time and patience, but you will get there time, like yeah. everything. Born 
a Balenciaga. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so just give yourself time and be kind to yourself and know that people people will be out there to help you. There's always someone that's going to help you and lift you up. So Yeah, that's yeah. such good information. Yeah. It inspired me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like taking it all in. <laughs> No, thank you so much for being here, for being on our show. I feel and like we want to share, where, oh, can yeah. they, where can they find you, like your website, obviously with your store in Dallas and um, your Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm out there. I've linked everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can just follow me. Um, I'm on Instagram, Lila Christiana. And there's also Farah Official, and there's also Sep Studios now. There's <laughs> it's a lot, all it's a lot, but it's yeah. we're but it's saying like it's guys, so good to have like it. There's so many different, like yeah. we're doing so many different. Find you guys, I think you can find you guys in three places or four places. Yeah, yeah. we like, have like we have, our, a lot. we have like our own just on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think it's good to keep to have all your own pages. We were telling this earlier because mm-hmm. then it gets confusing with it when it's all mixed together. Yeah, so like it's yeah, you guys good to have it divided. Yeah, so people can find each one. Yeah, whatever they want for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. It was so fun getting to know everything, and we hope you guys enjoyed it.